welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back to discuss the penultimate episode of Interview with the Vampire, Like Angels, Put in Hell by God, written by Colleen Abert, directed by LaVon Akin. And I gave this episode a 9.6 out of 10. It was magnificent in how it explores the layers of depression, but what it's like to be in a abusive relationship, those components of being the being the person still in love with the one that they know cannot change, but fully understanding them on a level that even presently you cannot fully reconcile while also seeing the solidifying bond between Claudia and Louis as they transition between father and daughter and more appropriately brother and sister. And I really like that component. I like the I like the consistency with Lestat that he does not, that this experience does nothing to change him because he never really lost anything. And the fact that forgiveness can be achieved without moving forward is something that has to be broken. It cannot simply just... Uh, unfortunately walk away from each other like healthy people would do it's gonna end as messily as it rather began but seeing all of that come together and then Daniel's realization just made for a really solid penultimate episode so excited to get into the recap before we do wherever you listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Share, subscribe, all of the good things. And if you want to send feedback, uh, I should finish this up by most likely tomorrow. Uh, Blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below if you have any lingering thoughts. We begin with Louie who recalls the excruciating pain of landing after having nightmares of falling. That is some pretty epic PTSD, I must say. And then seeing it from Louis' perspective. Pray for me. All things aside that I was suppositioning last episode about the dynamic between these two people I am firmly in the camp of, um, you don't go back to an abuser. <laughs> you simply, once you, once you put your hands on me, you got, you, you, you got to simply become a whole different person for me to be able to accept that you would never do that to me again. That is a huge ask. And I don't think I would have it personally. Actually, I know I would never have it in me personally to be able to take anyone back into my my life that would even smack me or harm me in any type of manner but a puncher lung broken vertebrae 
and a black eye so busted you couldn't see for months? Jesus Christ. While there are moments in this episode I do feel Claudia was cruel, I certainly fully comprehend why (laughs) and stand behind her. Because she is also the one that helps Daddy Lou back to health when he's still Daddy Lou. Daniel in the present getting his medicine from a doctor that is not there. I did not write down his name, but I liked all of the color in the room, I must say. And he really kept denying the fact that he was there all episode and that shit was hilarious. Daniel always gets hung up on the smallest details. He's like, he could fly, but I suppose that is a valid point. Like, hold on, we just skipped over the whole fucking point that he can fly like Superman. He's like, uh, it's called the cloud gift. Bitch, it's called flying. Louis clarifies that the cloud gift is something only ancient vampires and even few of those possess, giving us a very clear scope of just how powerful his lover was and daniel go ask can you fly louis damn it feels good to be a gangster a real gangster ass nigga plays his cards right a real gangster ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth because real gangster ass niggas don't start fights he still got ptsd to this day bruh to this day you still got some things that you gotta unpack and that's what daniel's over there unpacking like uh If you didn't think I'm not peeping the true story that's an underlying factor in this, you is and me gonna be (laughs) in another slapping match. Amidst considering Louis the battered wife or having Stockholm Syndrome, he is a little flabbergasted, but somehow... uh, somehow what's the word settled in the idea that louis uh would take lestat back and he says why would you never be aware why do you think that louis would not tell you uh, or lestat my apologies the l's that he wouldn't tell you about the fact that he could could fly the cloud gift And he believes that it's because Lestat wanted Louis to feel on equal status to him, which caused a miraculous amount of restraint on his part. Both Rashid and Daniel both kind of uh-huh this. I'll be noticing the looks between those two as they take shots once again about the doctor and that NDA that comes signed before you get into the door. Are we the sum of our worst moments? Can we be forgiven if we cannot forgive others ourselves? And I think this is a very poignant question because it's easy to say, well, you could do the worst thing in the world and you don't deserve forgiveness. And the simple fact of it is that is a choice for people to be able to to do or not. And it's an individual choice. And I think it certainly reflects on the fact that Louis does not view or have a viewpoint of himself as 
someone without a blemish to his to his uh to his name and we don't know all of louis story right we're getting the first what century of him being a vampire and it's been how many we don't know what happened in the intervening years because we've only gotten to i want to say in the story present what the 1940s maybe the around the 1940s 50s so certainly having gotten a wider scope of the world so there's so much of the story yet to be told so for louis to say that in retrospect even of how he clearly had a different viewpoint of the story when he met Daniel in the 80s somewhere around that time you you get a or maybe 70s actually looked a little bit more 70s than 80s (laughs) forgot that bell-bottom shit that Rashid had on (laughs) like ooh, that's an eyesore um but yeah there's there is that catch I think in Louise mind that sure what he did was a unforgivable thing but have i not done the same or does he see him or his actions as repugnant of not forgiving that he could not in himself not find a way to forgive lestat for his own um that's not an excuse though because as i keep reiterating (laughs) You can forgive, but you should certainly not forget. And there's nothing to say that someone would not do such a thing once again, unless they can prove they can, they have changed. And I don't think that anything Lestat did in this episode supports him taking him back into his life and offering that forgiveness as well. He could offer the forgiveness without the action of actually letting him back in. And I'm not forgetting the fact that Louis admitted to having a sexually inappropriate relationship with a minor. Lestat disappeared in profound shame, he later confessed. Temper's the one thing you can't get rid of by losing it. Pride became Louis's blanket and Claudia dedicated herself to Louis's rehabilitation, ignoring any overture from Lestat, he calls, they don't answer. The chasing of the goat was hilarious. <laughs> it was so exhausting. <laughs> she says, we'll try again tomorrow. Why was he reading on marriage? Why he looked almost eager to see that man? Break the cycle, Louis. He ain't earned shit. But I get it. When time all you recall is when you sitting there thinking all by yourself is all those good times all the happiness and not the reason why you broke up in the first place that nostalgia tries to pull you back don't let it don't let it do it to you don't let it do it to you that is the the curse the bane the pull in the lure louis brings a 15th century rare book and that nice ass box as a bribe when he shows up at the doorstep 
So y'all living in a home that I'm paying for, but sure. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't say that though. Even though I feel like his petty ass would have. He did say, uh, I did call, but I'm I'm thinking that my phone calls are not being patched through. Hello. Claudia tells him to fuck off, and when he says he can see Louis' silhouette, Louis throws out his coffin. I appreciate them bringing humor and a little bit of, uh, you know, humanity to these very, these very supernatural creatures. Uh, one who certainly has taken humanity or a step back from humanity so long that he doesn't even know how to do anything besides shower one with affection or with bribes and since he has a never-ending pocketbook which we find out how he got his wealth i suppose that is the only way i mean oh man that's just such a recipe for disaster is it not kind of being born to be a god and then left with nothing but your own um your own emotional turmoil as well as an an extreme amount of power and personal power in the world in which you now have supreme dominance no wonder he's the way he is <laughs> Three years later, Lestat is back in a nice-ass ride when Louis and Claudia are walking down the street. She's learning. I like that she's getting or giving herself a proper education and says that he's back in town permanently after going to Algiers. Looking absolutely scrumptious. God damn. <laughs> They a package deal. We got to have an orgy in my mind. <laughs> because I don't know. I can't even choose who's finer. Because they both just, uh, 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 He tells Louis and belatedly Claudia, he is nothing without them. He's changed. Bullshit. And he never wants to be the man he was that night again. Louis must have a thing for matching cars or matching types of two of the same thing because he really said, I got me one in blue back at the house. <laughs> or back at where I'm staying at. <laughs> but the two, they stare at each other because Louis really is all up in his feels and he's hearing all that he wants to hear. And then Lestat says, the silence is cruel. And you were never cruel, Louis. Claudia's face was all of us. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Don't you do it, Ivan. Boy, if you don't get... My favorite part of the episode, this little <laughs> uh, one-minute scene, when Claudia takes the keys out of his hands, throws them, then claws the car 
before Louis turns and walks away. Lestat had no understanding. Don't walk away from me. Whoever's in the costume department, you doing your thing. For six years, these raw and desperate Mayacopas came like the tide, and for six years, they were greeted with silence or fire. Because y'all Angela Bassett in this shit up in here. <laughs> he said, we burned more gifts than bodies that decade. But Lestat was relentless with determination, and we we should know this about Lestat by now. You can't get rid of me, bitch. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going no fucking where. I love you, bitch. Oh my God. I ain't gonna never stop loving you, bitch. In 1937, finally one gift broke through the armor, something the man composed himself. In a hundred years, entitled Come Back to Me, Rashid played a music for Malloy and the doctor. I'm not here. <laughs> the version Louis plays of Lestat singing, Daniel, he had a moment where he dropped the facade and was like, is that him? Oh my God, I can see now why. Louis tells him it's an inferior version since he destroyed the original after hearing the other one, which had one inferior flaw, which was his lover's voice, Antoinette, in the Valentine. He was out the door so fast. in the door to Antoinette and says you write me a love song with your lover's voice on it what the fuck is wrong with you bitch get some clothes on and get the hell up out this is my house Let's do it little like Lestat was mid coitus only has eyes for Louis who is soaking wet he said Louis you're soaking wet I swim faster than I run you swim the Mississippi to find me I hate you, as you should. I'ma call your big daddy and scream your name. Matter of fact, I can't wait for your candy rain. So what you saying? I get my swerve on, bring it live, make it last forever. Damn, the kitty cat's time. Mm, daddy, slow down your flow. Put it on me like a G, baby, nice and slow. I need a rough neck nigga, man, zingo in a sack who ain't afraid to pull my hands, spank me from the back. No doubt, I'm the player that you're talking about. Antoinette kicked out her own damn house. Gotta listen to her lovers. Uh, her lover fuck his boyfriend while she outside smoking a cigarette. <laughs> In the present, Daniel says how legal dope makes him constipated and is amazed that Louis took his maker murderer and lover back although there were some rules which we'll get to later he certainly is calling bullshit about how the bond was the thing that louis couldn't overcome claudia got no problems uh i think the fuck not you trick ass bitch 
Antoinette must die is one of the rules. The stock didn't murder or get Paul to murder himself, something he wanted. And I'm sure the audience was still wondering. I think even Mimi said herself. He may have fucked with him at the dinner table, but he certainly wouldn't hurt him. I mean, see how he tolerated Grace and his mother, who certainly were far, far worse to Louis going on, who kept pulling him away from Lestat as well. So I I never reconciled those two things, but I think it's a fair thing to ask. And I think he was genuine with his surprise that he would even ask him such a thing. Like, no, I would never hurt your family. Um, No more lies, even of omission, like the fact that you can fucking fly despite Lestat not keen on the new power dynamic with Claudia wanting to be a sister, nothing more familial like a daughter. Lestat finally gives you a taste of his backstory when they ask or Claudia asks about the creator and it's something that they both probably are talking about in their head. I'm like, if I ever had a chance to ask him questions, his creator was an ancient named Magnus who kidnapped him, fetishized his appearance and locked him in a room with dead rotting corpses that look like himself. He fed on him every day, then locked him back in his tormented cell with his lookalikes until eventually he turned him into a vampire. This is pretty word for word, if I can recall correctly, and it has been quite a while from Anne Rice's book itself. Except after after he was turned, he, Magnus, tossed himself in to a fireplace committing suicide leaving his vampire protege alone untrained without nourishment i like the realism is the first thing i thought is i can't drink hot blood companionship understanding of his new existence and with a insane amount of trauma and money and he says i didn't want this And while this is certainly recontextualizing what Louis knows about the man who's known him much longer than Claudia, of course, and certainly doesn't have the same relationship, I think a small part of that does get through to Claudia because she said, you know, because they both have the, we were brought into this kind of against our will, not kind of was against our will. And thus despite how much they truly do have a very volatile relationship and their relation to each other, there is something that neither acknowledge exists, but she still really like he ain't telling one sob story and I agree and everything is all hunky dory. But now that he is like this, I think we still haven't gotten to the meat and potatoes of how he revels in who he is. But he does says, says, see, does say he has endured to survive it. And I think part of that endurance is an acceptance and a tossing away of the cloak of humanity that both Claudia and Louis both 
want to hold on to. And I wonder if that's rare and that rarity is in itself is once again what what led Lestat to Louis. While this origin story has an effect, as I stated, on Louis, he does understand why he doesn't want to be abandoned and how really fucked up that is considering his struggle himself, Louis, at accepting being a vampire. Claudia still wants Antoinette killed. It was an awkward few years, is an understatement, as people started leaving um voodoo outside of their outside of their home as a message that they need to leave and go back to the dark place that they are from claudia loves it and takes the doll and smiles louis is just like oh come on man but lestat looked a little "Mm." louis is caught between his love of claudia which he loves with his whole heart and is wounded love for Lestat and tries to reconcile the two who simply do not like one another Claudia sees through him and Lestat only wants to appeal to the predator inside of her so when they when he offers that they hunt together because he brings up the fact that you do look down on the fact that we hunt and I like that Claudia really did say yeah you do make me feel a little less than that I like to hunt and you like to you know eat other other eat mammals okay you're vegetarians fine I respect that but can you not be so judgmental and high and mighty on your ass if we <laughs> like to hunt people but she's like just because you had that point don't mean we friends she ignores any overtures and Louis asks if she can try harder, but she doesn't trust anything he says. Cause once a liar, always a liar. But I really don't think he's lying about his backstory. Actually, I know he isn't, so I got I guess I can't just I see where she's coming from. But I also acknowledge that Claudia is spoiled and demanding. <laughs> she's very spoiled and very demanding. Louis plays diplomat between the two personas. And Claudia has a has a very cruel streak when she wants to. I ain't forget about them 55 people and all of them fucking body parts. <laughs> the way she wants to live her life going forward. Uh, but knows deep down that they were more alike than not. Both loving the exploitation of weakness and taking joy in him being audience to their joyless exchanges. She asked about his first love, Nikki, and she likes to be derivative of Nicholas. Lestat doesn't love the line of questioning, asking if he killed himself as well, or maybe you killed your master, or maybe you beat him. And how she's really dismissing his pain, and while I certainly don't think this should be even a little bit easy for Lestat, I don't think her perverted nature should be dismiss any more than than anyone else and nor should she feel justified in reveling in his loss and then he's like I know she's talking to you he offers to go he's like no I'll go alone and the simple fact of it is is that there's nothing but strife in this home it's a prison for all of them involved. 
Calling him Massa also is quite ugly as she feels threatened in this chess game between them. And she's playing for the right reasons, you know, because Lestat, by calling him Massa and equating themselves to slaves, while that isn't 100% accurate, I mean, if you were a slave, you know, to say you were or beaten on a daily basis or whipped or having your children generationally put into that's a different analogy. It feels like a young person making a correlation that doesn't necessarily equate, but it's the most relevant and derivative and eye catching thing to say. But I know I get where she's coming from. She they're certainly in a more of a prison and Lestat is the warden. And that's not to say that's any ideal situation, but I certainly uh, don't equate it with slavery, which is something she brought up twice. And ultimately, Claudia is right. She know he didn't kill Antoinette as he came back and gave a thumb. I'm like, since when? Do you collect trophies? Talking about you got it for her and gave her the ring. I'm like, uh-uh. You don't need proof. If she's gone, she's gone. <laughs> you would have put her in the furnace with everybody else. But it turns out that Antoinette herself is a buffer to the family drama. He can't see why gifts don't work. He calls Claudia spoiled. He's frustrated at the idea that Louis continues to be under... Claudia spell and he can't win back his affections from her and that's because he doesn't understand love isn't material uh, I think he is missing the underlining sacrifice that one must make if one truly loves someone else and also Antoinette allows him to be free and careless as a vampire with all of the need to be uh, paternal or uh, or I guess it's not really paternal, but you know what I mean. Definitely for telling of one Akasha if we and we better fucking get <laughs> the vampires Lestat story. Louis and Claudia listen to Lestat on the balcony who loves Antoinette and has turned her as he knows that Louis really hasn't taken him back as he is. As Louis says himself, he's a brat that was told to do something he didn't want to do, so he improvised. I wonder too, I was like, she is looking really young for how old she should be. I'm like, they met in the what? 20s? <laughs> However, Louis knows his game and knows that confronting him is pointless as he wanted them to discover what he hath done. She goes, why would he do that? Because he's all kinds of fucked up. Worse, Louis knows he may take him as he is despite the affair because part of Louis simply cannot move on without Lestat. Um, and he doesn't know how to free himself from that. Claudia tries to encourage Louis to leave. And honestly, you should. You need to see who you are outside of Lestat's shadow. Um, he has things he has has not dealt with and he's not going to be able to like you're not going to be able to fix him right 
you get those scenarios where you love the person, you understand where they came from. And I think that's where Louis at. He, he gets it on some level, like even when he's talking on the bench, like, can you imagine another 100 years of us doing this? Yeah, we're going to turn into him. That's an eventuality that happens for any vampire that's been as around as long as he has. And because Louis is a person who's who's a very educated and someone who has a lot of emotional intelligence and growth, I, I truly do believe, uh, but he still, as Mimi pointed out, has the capacity to be cruel even in the future. Um, in a lot of ways, he's not... He's not tuned out to feeling empathy towards Lestat, even though he himself is, is the victim here. And despite their tender love for each other, which they do have, they simply cannot work. Maybe it could one day, but today certainly is not that day. And it's not that decade. It's not that century. It's just simply not. It, it would take too much time between two to possibly uh, change a century or centuries before of someone's character. I think Louis also said, like, if it really would have mattered that that Antoinette is dead, he would have killed her. But the simple fact of it is, he knows that that won't change anything. And so he's holding on to the only thing he has left that loves him as he is and it's light and it's fun and it doesn't come with any strings attached it doesn't require him to work and he needs Antoinette (laughs) to to lighten the burden of the things he has to or he's not used to really uh the emotions he's not used to going through as he's stuck in this cycle with with Louis and with Claudia. As they sit on the bench, having a conversation in their head, Claudia and Louis, Lestat leaves and she's like, oh, there he goes to Antoinette. But at the same time, which is true, how can you not feel isolated? He knows, he can feel when you two are talking to each other. And here you are all three together and you're never having a conversation together. He's always isolated out. Once again, not saying it should be easy. However, I can comprehend feeling and wanting to uh, to seek out comfort when the only time that you really get that comfort is when well, you don't get it at home because you either got one person working on the other and the other person working on the other. He thinks he'll hold her back and tearfully tells Claudia, who says there's a train. He wants her to leave. She agrees to leave. She says, if he hurts you again, you come and find me. He tells her, you're smarter now. You don't need me. And off she goes and they hug and there's tears. Kind of felt like some lassie music. Claudia got away as a stowaway on the train. She was so excited. I felt so happy for her with her book. I'm like, where the rest of your shit though? For real. (laughs) Did you really just go off 
<laughs> what a damn book. You ain't got no money. No, no. <laughs> Clearly, life is still segregated. I need you to start acting like a black woman in America <laughs> or a black child in America. Worse. But life is no life without someone who knows you and accepts you as you are, which is why Louis very much thought about killing himself. But presently, Louis recalls at this point in San Francisco, when he met Daniel, he had asked for the gift because 20 year old Daniel thought that Louis was wasting it. But now as Daniel and the drugs kick in, for Daniel, he points out that even as Louis offers it, he would watch his children get married and divorced and then die. And life after that would be a little miserable. Rashid seems interested and surprised by Daniel's answer because he's always lurking around. With Louis pointing out Rashid is in his mid-twenties as well and asked about him and his feelings on the matter, to which he demurs as always. Uh, he's permitted to be dismissed after Daniel agrees not to slap Louis again. Louis doesn't kill himself that day in the square to be found as Ash as Paul ruined his sister's wedding and he wouldn't ruin his sister's escape. Aww. But he goes back to the undeserving Lestat, who is concerned about the war in Germany and Poland because that's where their sister was going to go. So it's a good thing she decided to stay as Lestat looks over at Claudia and Louis realizes that she did not escape at all. Why the fuck they have to run it? Let's stop. Ruin this girl's e pray love. Intruded on something she did not want him to know about, which is Bruce. But he's like, you said no secrets. So he said, look, if I try really, really, really hard enough and I'm determined and I really want to find something out and Louis wouldn't tell me and I can't read your mind. I can seek out that Bruce that molested you, I guess, broke her shin and then rode off on a dirt bike. Uh, and you didn't find that motherfucking kill him? How dare you? Basically tells her, look, Louis is in a state in which he cannot choose anything. He didn't choose me over you. He's broken. And if I let you go and if something happened to you, he would never forgive himself. And thus she cannot leave. She was created to make him happy, so make him happy. The fact that he did this all while letting a dog out of the cage, petting it, being all sweet to it, and then putting it back in the cage while telling her that she's going to make Louis happy. Like, bitch, I love you. <laughs> but back in the cage you go. I think he has some kind of empathy somewhere buried in his deep dark heart for Claudia but I do think that as I've stated many times Lestat is a broken person I think there are a lot of things about him that are attractive and fun and 
I think there was a moment he's like, I'm not able to be myself. I think there's a lot of things that Louis truly on another person may not love <laughs> about. But again, I think that's that side of Louis. That's the darker side, but he's more angelic. Uh, but he's attracted to that darkness. But on the other hand, Lestat is full of nothing but darkness. There is no light left. And whatever light he did have left, it was his love of Louis. But now even that is tainted. And so now he's going to drown them all as that's what nihilistic people do. <laughs> Claudia over chess, taught by Lestat, finally checks mate, checkmates her opponent. Uh, he didn't see it coming. Not bothering to stay to to toss the wind in his face. Lestat throws a temperature, temper tantrum. And she tells him we have to kill him. We have to kill Lestat because Magnus probably didn't want to be a slave and he killed him. Like, girl, I wanted to just say you so wrong on this, even though she wouldn't know. But I know I'm like um, you questioning the wrong stories. <laughs> you was right with the Antoinette stuff. OK, but don't talk about things you don't know. The way he looks at Claudia, I think that motherfucker knows exactly what she be saying. <laughs> or figured it out without telling them like you know i can't read your minds now i don't think i think that really is something that he was telling the truth about but he doesn't ever seem to uh to be too off on how to counter move her and i think because she's has nothing left to lose the thing in which he may not see is the thing that they will do, which is to murder him. How they do that, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I won't speak anymore because I think that's too spoilery and I know too much for my own good. So let's talk about the next scene. At the present, Daniel has dozed off due to his medication and Louis calls Rashid to fetch their boy. Where do they keep calling him their boy? A cover for his dreams. Louis has been asking about his dreams as Daniel flashes to San Francisco to the bar where they met. Uh, still handsome Louis with an afro charming the young Daniel who likes interviewing people who are about the city. People who fall through the cracks and even offers to interview him. But I think more than just drugs are on the table because he's like, I know what you came here for. And I don't think it was just drugs because he was like, I don't care if we do something else, but I want to interview you. I'm like, well, what's something else? Because drugs is uh, one thing. But then, you know, when you're high with a friend, that leads to other things. But the most shocking bit of this flashback is the still very young Rashid having been there as well. Oh, I knew it. No feedback this week, but I'm sure we will get some on the finale. If you want to join in the conversation, once again, blackercouch.gmail.com. Everything else will be below. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.